Good morning. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Re'eh, Tov Shin Pei Gimel. We welcome to all those joining us for the Kutel Ochas. We dedicate the learning today, the Ilu Nishmas, Iser Zev Ben Elias whose yard site was on the 23rd of Av, and also the Ilu Nishmas, Yenta Fravel Basra Vishwaye, Harini Kaporas Mishkago. And for a complete Rafua Shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Idis Bas Miriam Brindle, Michal Sora Bas Hadassa, sorry, Yehudis Bas Sora, Yehudis Rochama Bas Chavarus, Shlomo Ben Rifkish Prinza, Chaim Ben Rachel, Sora Maya Bas Tzipka Rifka, Chaim Tzvi Ben Voyroleya, David Leib Ben Shana, Daniel Ben Rivka, Gitleya Bas Frumet, Avivachaya Bas Estemindel, Daniel Yehoshua Ben Yente Frida Bluma, Mecharochel Bas Sindaleya, Fruma Bas Genessa, Yehudis Nochama Bas Miriam, Chaim Yitzchak Ben Chanarivka, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Pesia Bas Chayester, Soraleya Bas Chavaliba, Avigail Brocha Bashirat Voira, Shlamanisa Ben Mazal Avram David Ben Chana, Chaim Arye Ben Brocha, Gitaganendel Basipoira, Lebalea Basipoira, Tuvietzi Ben Chayaliza, Avivi Ilana Basispendel, Sarocha Basispendel, Betzawa Yechiel Michel Ben Chiachava, David ben Behia, Shendel Basleya, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Ayelet Shoshana bas Hanaleel, Yanagolo bas Hanafega, and Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Leib ben Jenya, Besoich Sharachel Yisrael. We're in the middle of Hilchis Gerim, Halacha Gimel almost up to paragraph Yud Beis. The last little paragraph before that, and again, this halach is based on chapter 59 in Likutim Ramtur Nuntest, which is entitled Heichal HaKodesh. And it's about bringing people close to Hashem, people that are far from Hashem, bring them close to Hashem. And we spoke quite a bit about it so far. Rav Nosazal adds a point now, and in addition to what we said till now, by the tzaddik, including mishpat in his words, mishpat means judgment, yira, not just ahava. By including mishpat in his words, and by doing that, he's pushing people away a little in the beginning, with his left hand in a sense. This protects the, the tzaddik, the person who's leading this chabura, from bringing people close who should not be brought close. Rishoim, who by bringing them close, they could do damage to the entire chabura. As Rabbi Nizal expounds on this over there, towards the end of that chapter in Likut Imran, Ayin Shom, take a look over there. Ki heim bevadai lo yuchlu lamoid banisoyen shal hisrachkos. 
because these people who are not sincere at all in their wanting to come close to Hashem, they have all kinds of ulterior motives and negative motives in many cases. Those people, when they'll hear this mishpat, it'll push them away permanently, it'll, it'll send them out. They won't be able to, to withstand that test of being feeling rejected, feeling being pushed away. The Israchu Bemis, and they will really become distant, as a result of the fact that the tzaddik is distancing them by, by including this mishpat in his words, and through this, the tzaddik, the Rosh Chabura, will be saved from the damage that these Rishon could cause. Now, obviously, he's talking about a certain level of Russia, because the whole concept of outreach is reaching out to people who are not yet religious and who are not doing, who are doing many things that aren't right, etc. But here he's talking about, the Gemara speaks about this, that there are different types of Rishon. There's Mumar Leteovan. There's a person who's doing sins for convenience or because they have taivas, they have desires, materialistic desires that they can't overcome. They like food very much, and therefore they, they don't differentiate between kosher food and non-kosher food, or things like that. But then there's mumar lahachis. There's a person who's spiteful, and who's, who's look, looking to anger Hashem, or to anger the tzaddik, or to anger the Jewish people. And that's a whole other category. Paragraph Yud Beis, we spoke earlier about the shofar, about the shofar on Rosh Hashanah being a call of reaching out for the people who are far away to come close. They'll hear the sound, the great shofar will be blown and all those lost souls will come, will come. Now Rav Nosenzal continues giving us enlightening things regarding the, the Shofar and Rosh Hashanah. Paragraph Yudbeis, Based on what we learned in the chapter on the Kutimran and we're learning here, we'll be able to understand why we blow a hundred sounds with the Shofar. That corresponds to what Rabbi Nezal speaks about the Anikutimran, and we spoke about it earlier in this halacha, about the mem and the samach of the luchais, which the Gemara says, benes that they, 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 their existence in the luchais was miraculous, because the mem sofit and the letter samach, if they're carved out in the stone, completely engraved, that middle piece of stone has nothing to rest on. So we said that we spoke about the Mem and Samach, and Rabbi Nezal showed there on Yikut Imran that the Mem and Samach represent the Mishpat. The Mem is the square, the Samach is round, that's the Igula Veribua that the Zohar Kodesh speaks about, and that refers to Kisei Mishpat, because again, there's a Pasuk in the Navi that says that the Kisei, the back of the Kisei was Ogul, round, and Mishpat, the Choshen Mishpat of the Kohen Gadol was square. Ravua Yihye Kaful. So that's the Mem and Samach She'olim Meya 
40 and 60 equals 100. Because as we learned earlier, the sound of the shoifar, one of the things that it accomplishes is it activates this mishpat, this holy mishpat. And this fire of mishpat, the Pesach says, Bo'esh Hashem Nishpot. This fire of Nishpot goes out and burns, destroys the Ra that would want to attach itself to this Heichal HaKodesh. Shekol zehu bechinas mem v'samach. All of this relates to the letter mem and samach, bechinas Shabbos, bechinas igula v'ribua kanal. We said, the Zohar HaKodesh said on the Pesach, es shabsoisai tishmoiru, the Zohar HaKadosh says, Shabsoisai do igula v'ribua. That's this round and square. By the way, by the way, Rabbi Nezal says in another chapter in the Kutimran that the word Shabbos is miloshim lahashbis, to destroy. What does Shabbos destroy? Our enemies, the klipos. There, Rabbi Nezal speaks about the effectiveness of fasting, that when a Jew fasts, that helps to destroy and eliminate their enemies. There's a Pasuk that says, I will slice away your enemies from before you. The first letters of spell the word to fast, that by fasting a person brings about the downfall of their enemies. Rabbi Nezal says, but through Achilas Shabbos, when a person eats properly on Shabbos, a person eats the three meals on Shabbos, the three sudas of Shabbos, and they're particular to make sure to wash on bread, or challah, or matzah, for the three sudas, and they have fish during the three meals, if at all possible, that but through Achila Shabbos, a person accomplishes the same thing and even more than a fast. Because again, the word Shabbos is miloshim lahashbis, to destroy the enemies. So here we're speaking about destroying those forces of Tumor that would want to attach themselves to the Heichal HaKodesh, to a Chabura of people, a, a person who's trying to bring other people close to Hashem. The Alkein B'Shabbos Memela Nistakein Bechinas Igula V'Ribua Delegoi. And therefore, since the Zohar Kodesh tells us that Shabbos is this igul of ribua, therefore, on Shabbos, by observing Shabbos, automatically, automatically, this igul and ribua are corrected, the mem and the samach, and there's no need to, uh, to activate the hundred sounds of the shofar. That's why this paragraph Yud Gimel began with the words, V'alkein ein toiken b'Shabbos. This is why we don't blow shofar on Shabbos. Ki b'Shabbos ain't, so we don't need to activate this mishpah to eliminate the Ra. Because on Shabbos it's happening automatically. Because Shabbos is, Shabbos itself is the igul of ribuah. We have an expression, itzumay shalyoim, that sometimes the essence of the day itself without our doing anything, is able to accomplish certain big things.
question in the chat that sometimes in the process of outreach, there are certain people who are rejected, who are pushed away, and are not necessarily Rishonim, just they're sensitive, they're very sensitive to rejection. What would be the right approach with them? The answer is that each case is differently. You have to know what each case is. And, and we saw that one of the points here, when a person wants to come close, a person has to let go of their arrogance. A person has to recognize to a degree that they're far and has to be willing to listen and has to be willing sometimes to endure a little embarrassment. When a person is going to a place where they're, they're going to be hearing things that are new to them, if a person's attitude when they're coming there is, I know everything, and now I'm coming to hear what you have to say. If a person comes with that kind of attitude, then unfortunately, sometimes they'll get the wrong message. If a person comes with an attitude that I don't know everything, and I'm not perfect, and, and therefore I'm coming to listen, maybe I'll hear something that'll help me become better. A person comes with that kind of attitude, then even if they hear things sometimes that, that could push them away, they, they won't take it the wrong way. Any other questions? Paragraph Yudalit. Now Rav Nosenzal introduces a, a new topic that's relevant. And based on what we're learning here, we understand the great significance of getting up at midnight. Chatzois is a time when a Jew is supposed to try to get up, get up from sleep and be involved in two major things. One is mourning the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh. The second is the study of Torah. Because one of the major factors that brought about the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh was this damaged Mishpat, Injustices. As it says in the Medrash Tanchuma in Parsha Shoftim, that the main factor in causing the destruction of the city of Yerushalayim was injustice, lack of justice. As it says in the Navi Amois, people who turn justice into a bitter herb, and so to Rav Nosazal says, if you look throughout the Navi and the Torah, you'll see many psukim that speak about the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh and the Jews going out into exile, where the, the Torah makes it clear that one of the most important factors was this messing up of justice, the injustice, the courts not being what they're supposed to be. That's what brought about the destruction of Yerushalayim. It's interesting, Rav Nosazal says, I in Tur Choshen Mishpat, Simen Aleph. Take a look in the tour in his opening statements of Choshen Mishpat, which deals with all kinds of money matters, litigation, 
all the, with the whole topic of mishpat. It's interesting that we're learning this now at a time when there's a major war going on in Eretz Yisrael, whereby the court system in Eretz Yisrael, from when the state was founded, the court system is, is a plague, it's a magaif, it's a disease that has caused so much of the damage to the Jewish nation and to Eretz Yisrael by controlling the government in a certain way and controlling the country. And because many of the, many of the members of the court are not religious and anti-religious, because of that, they've been able to inflict incredible damage on the Jewish nation and the, the land of Eretz Yisrael. And now recently, there's been a battle to try to change that. And, and because the, the anti-religious people know this, they know that their greatest supporters are the Israeli court systems, but the Supreme Court, they're, they're fighting to the death. They're gonna fight this to the death because they know that this is it. This is their source from where they draw from. Rabbein Azal has a chapter in Likud Imran, chapter 7, in the second half of Likud Imran, where he speaks about the Meitzah HaNochosh, the, the, the source from which the Sitra Achra draws all its energy, and he speaks there about elders, Zekenim, who are not Moisif Das, every day that they live. They don't add holy knowledge and holy wisdom to their lives every day that they live, and Rabbi Nezal says that's the source of energy for the Sitra Achra. So this is one of the places where Rabbi Nezal speaks about this Kilkul Hamishpat. We know that there's a chapter on Likud Imran, chapter 5 in the second half of Likud Imran, which was one of Rabbi Nezal's last Rosh Hashanah Shurim, where there he focuses tremendously on this union of Kilkul Hamishpat. As Rabbi Nezal expresses this over there in, in, in chapter 59 in Likud Yamaran. That Yerushalayim, I'm sorry, Ki Yerushalayim u'Beisamikdosh heinbechinas heichal ha'kodesh. The city of Yerushalayim and the Beisamikdosh, they are examples of this heichal ha'kodesh, as Rabbi Nezal shows there in Likud Yamaran. And because of, because one of the most critical factors in this Heichal HaKodesh is Mishpat, as Rabbi Nezal explains over there in the Kutimran, because when there is such a Chabura, when there is somebody who's doing outreach, trying to bring people who are far from Hashem, to bring them close to Hashem, there's the Ra inside of these people that could overpower the leader and, and do harm to him. And Rabbi Nassau explains there that in order to fight that, the, the leader must make sure to do mishpat, to do a genuine cheshbana nefesh all the time, to audit ourselves, to see are we doing the right thing, are our intentions pure, et cetera, et cetera. And that mishpat is what burns away those forces of evil, the negativity, in the people that he's trying to be makarev. And this will explain also why one of the most important centers of Mishpat, the high court of justice of Klal Yisrael, the Sanhedrin Agdoila, was 
in the Beis Hamikdash, in the Lishkasa, was Shel Hayyoshvim Sanhedrin Gedoyla Belishkas Hagozis. The Supreme Court of Klal Yisrael sat in the Beis Hamikdash, in this special chamber, and from there was broadcasted holy mishpat to the whole world. Because one of the most important factors in the existence of the Beis Hamikdash, is the, which is a Heichal HaKodesh, is this mishpat. Because it's in the base Hamikdash that you had the greatest level of sorting out the holy sparks from within Tuma, from within the clip, the domain of the Klippos, the forces of Tuma. It's in the base Hamikdash that all of these birurim were taking place, this sorting out, extracting the good from the bad, sorting out the holy sparks from within the klipas, through the different karbonas that were brought, and the ktoiris, which would forgive and atone for all of, all of our sins. Shehu bechinas biror hanitzotzes hakdoshes kayadua. And the Sifrei Kabbalah and the Sifrei Hasidus tell us that this process of having our sins forgiven, when we commit sins, we cause these holy sparks to be scattered. And when we do tshuva, like through the karbonos, through the tshuva that Jews did when they came to the Beis Litosh, that's when we elevate these holy sparks that got scattered, that fell into the domain of the klipos, we extract them, we elevate them, and we, we return them to the domain of holiness. And this is why it was so important in the Beis Hamikdash to have this mishpat, in order to activate the fire of mishpat, to burn away the ra, the, the negativity, that the ra shouldn't attach itself to the heichal kodesh and weaken it or bring it down. That's why it's in the Beis Hamikdash that was seated this Sanhedrin Agdoila, the court, as a result of the Mishpat that was being performed over there, that activated this holy fire. This is the fire of the Mizbeach. It's that fire that would burn away the negativity. People came to the Beis Mikdash with all their Averas, with all their problems, and that would burn away the Ra, the negativity, that it shouldn't be able to attach itself to the Hechel HaKodesh and cause damage. Paragraph Tesvov, Mezeshon Rabbi Senuzal, and this is why Rashi points out in Chomishmois, Lo Monismacha Parshas Mishpotim, Le Parshas Hamizbeach. Why is it that at the end of Parshas Yisroi, 
the last paragraph of speaks about the Mizbeach, and then right there, from there, we go into Parshas Mishpatim. What's the connection? This is to teach us that a court, the high court, had to be in the Beis Hamikdash near the Mizbeach. Rav Nosanzal asks, what's the connection? Hainu Kanal, this fits beautifully with what we're learning here. Ki eish ha-mezbeach nimshach alidei bechinas ha-mishpot kanal. Where does the, the spiritual power of the fire of the mezbeach come from? It comes from mishpot. Ki bo-eish ha-shem nishpot. Ba'alkein ho-yu ha-dayonim yoishvim la-sois mishpot eitzel ha-mezbeach. And this is why this Sanhedrin Agdoila sat nearby to generate this mishpat near the Mizbeach. Any questions? Paragraph Tezayin. V'zeh b'chinas ma'shohoyo b'soy chaychal ha'kodesh shulchan b'tzafoyin u'menoy rabadoroyin u'mizbeach makti uktoyres b'in shulchan l'menoy Rav Nosanzal says, now we'll understand also the format in the Beis HaMikdash, that the shulchan, the table that had the breads, the 12 loaves of bread, was in the north, the menorah was in the south, and the Mizbah HaKtoyres was in between them. Iktoyres zebechinas geirim, because the, the offering of Ktoyres, especially represents Geirim. Ki iker birur hanitsoitsois haktoishes mitoich haklipois hoyo alidei achadosor samonek toiris kayodua. Because the main, the most effective form of extracting holy sparks that have fallen into the domain of the klipois, the tumor, was accomplished through the 11 spices of the toiris. Kayodua, as is known in the Zohar Kodesh and the Arizal, we know that the number 10 represents holiness. The Gemara says, Ein kedusha me'asora. 10 is holy. 11 means we're going downstairs. We're going down into the domain of the Sitra to search for holy sparks that have fallen down there to be able to find them, extract them, and elevate them and return them to the kedusha. It's brought that the number 11, Yud Aleph, the way we pronounce it, Yud, Yud Vav Dalet, Aleph Lamed Pei, is Bigimatria Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, the Sotom, the Sitra Achra, to show that, these are, that, that the number 11 represents the Sitra Achra in a sense, and we're going into the domain of the Sitra Achra to rescue that's why one of the 11 spices was chelbena. And the Gemara tells us the other 10 spices smelled very good. Chelbena had a very foul odor to it. That represents the Rishoim, the Ra, the negativity, the, the holy sparks that have fallen into the domain of the Sitrachra. And that, that's this concept of Gerim that we're going into the domain of the Sitrachra, we're going into the non-Jewish nation, and we're rescuing holy sparks from there. These Geirim represent these holy sparks that can be integrated into Klal Yisrael and can be special in Klal Yisrael.
שזהו בחינס גרם, שמוציא מויסם מתוך עמקי הקליפויס, ומקרן אויסם אל הקדושה. This is the concept of גרם, whom we're, we're rescuing from the depth of the קליפויס, from the non-Jewish nation, and bringing them close to holiness. ועיקר הגרם נס נא לידי בחינס יד ושם הנאו. And Rabbi Nezal shows there in Likutei Moran that in order to be Mekar of Geirim, it requires the Yad Voshem. Rabbi Nezal quotes a Pasuk and a Navi for this there. Shehem Bechinas Igula Veribua, which are another example of the circle and the square, Kemavura Bamaim Ranal, as Rabbi Nezal shows over there in chapter 59 in Likutei Moran. And this is the concept of the shulchan, the table that had the showbreads on it that was in the north and the menorah in the south. which comes from the base Hashem, and that's what gives the leader of this Chabura, the power to, to insert Mishpat into his words, and to, to be Makari of many people, to establish many students. Just a moment. Yes, in paragraph 5, in chapter 59 in Kudimran, there Rabbi Nisal quotes the Pesach in Yeshaya Hanavi, chapter 56, V'nosati lochem beveisi uvechoimoisai yad voshem toiv mibonem ubonois. And Rabbi Nisal says there, he shows there how the yad and shame are an example of the igul and ribua, the circle and the square. Yad is ribua, yad is mishpat, as the Pasuk says, V'soycheiz b'mishpat yodi. The Pasuk makes the connection between mishpat and yad. Shem represents the circle because there's a Pasuk in Tilem, Yancheni b'maglei tzedek l'man shemoi. May Hashem lead me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of His name. Now again, shemoi, the name, the shame, Magle, Ma'agal is a circle. Ma'agal means a path and Ma'agal means a circle. So Rabbi Nezal shows there that the Yad and Shem represent this, this eagle and Ribua. And Rabbi Nezal goes on to say, the Yad hainu The Yad represents the power to be Makari of many students and to shine Chochma into them. As the Pasuk says, V'yohishua b'nun mole ruach hachma, ki somach Moshe yodav olav. Yoshua b'nun was filled with hachma because Moshe Rabbeinu had placed his hands upon him. So we see again, the yad is the hachma here. And this koyach comes from the base Hashem, this hachma, because the mayan hachma comes from the base Hashem.
Rabbein Israel brings Psukim to show this. And that's why the Menorah was in the south, Shehi Bechinas Chachma. The Menorah and, and south represent Chachma. The Gemara says, Yadrin. When a person is davening Shmon Esrei, they're supposed to face towards Eretz Yisrael, towards Yerushalayim, towards the Beis Hamikdash. But the Gemara says, if a person wants Chachma, he should turn a little bit towards south, towards Doroim. Doroim is Chachma. And again, the Menorah represents Chachma, that light. Ki menarto doresha, because the Tikkun says the Menorah represents the head, the source of Chachma. Ki shemen ha-Menorah hu Chachma vadas. The oil of the Menorah represents wisdom, knowledge. Bebechinas v'shemen al-roishcho al-yechsor. You should never be lacking shemen on your head. And this is also mishpat, which is related to chachma. As it says by Shloima HaMelech, Ki chachmas eloikim bekirboi lasois mishpat. He had divine chachma inside of him, divine wisdom, to be able to do mishpat, to be able to carry out justice. Shulchan Betzafayim, whereas the table in the base Mikdash was towards the north, Zebechinas Shein, that's the concept of the name, Yihu Bechinas Ashirus, because the Shulchan represents wealth, Shehi Bechinas Shulchan Malochim, that the Gemara has an expression on the table of kings, Bechinas Parnoso Vashirus, Vezehu Shulchan Betzafayim, and that's why the Shulchan had to be in the north, because wealth comes from the left side, which is north. As the Pasuk says, that gold comes from the north. And through all of these pieces, the Shulchan, the Menorah, which Shemchines Yad Vashem, this allowed the Beis Hamikdash to be a magnet for Bali Tshuva and Geirim. Shehemchines Biron Itzoytzes Hakdoshes Mitoch Haklipos, which are an example of extracting the holy sparks from within the Klipos. Shehemchines Ktoiris, which is what the Ktoiris was all about. And this is why the Mizbeach, we know in the Beis Hamikdash, there were two Mizbeachs. There was the outer Mizbeach, which was out in the courtyard. That's not what we're talking about here. That was the Mizbeach Hanachoshes, Mizbeach made from copper. There was a Mizbeach inside the Beis Hamikdash, inside the, the Kodesh, the holy part the Kodshe Kodoshim of the Beis HaMikdosh, and, and that Mizbeach was the Mizbeach HaKtoiris, and it stood between the table and the Menorah, fitting beautifully with our explanation here of what each piece is contributing. That thanks to the Shulchan and the Menorah, which represent the Yad and the Shem, 
which is the mishpat, the shleimus of the mishpat, that's what allows us to have the Torah do what it needs to do in being makari at bali tshuva and gerit. Nimzo she'ikar. Ah, he put the notes here that the mizbah haktores wasn't literally in between the shulchan and menorah. Hainu keneged ho'avir sheben shulchan menorah. It means the mizbah haktores was positioned. It wasn't literally in between the shulchan and menorah. It was positioned in a place that was para. That was. You could draw a straight line between that place and being in between the Shulchan and the Menorah. Question, what happens to Geirim who stop observing mitzvahs? What is considered to be their position? Do they fall back into the domain of the Sitrach or not? The answer is yes, they do, unfortunately. Rav Nosenzal continues now. Nimzo she'ikar kiyum Yerushalayim u'bei samikdash palidei b'chinas mishpot kanal. Based on what we've been learning throughout this halacha, we see that one of the most important factors in the existence and success of Yerushalayim and the Beis Mikdash is this mishpot. Ve'ikar churban Yerushalayim ho'yadei kilkola mishpot. And, and one of the major factors in the destruction of Yerushalayim was lack of justice. Ulo said, Lavoi, Iker binyan Yerushalayim, yi And in the future, what will help build up Yerushalayim is Mishpat. Kamashakosov, Tsioin bimishpat tipodeh, as the Pazak says, Tsioin Yerushalayim will be redeemed with Mishpat. Vizehu Tsioin bimishpat tipodeh, vishaveho. It says that Sion will be, refilled, be filled with Mishpat, will be redeemed with Mishpat, and those who return to it, because Mishpat is what will bring the Shoveho, the Balei Tshuva, the Balei Tshuva, the Geirin. And now Rav Nusazal clarifies what he touched on before regarding Chatzois. Any questions? Paragraph Yudzayin, Vesei Bechinas Kimas Chatzois, Ki Hisoyrus Hasheino, Zeo Bechinas Hachzora Samoichin. Rav Nosazal explains, when a person is asleep, the Moichin leave, their Sechel, the Neshama leaves, the Neshama goes up to heaven to be judged which means that the major part of the seichel leaves. There's only a very small part that's left to keep the person alive. And waking up from sleep is that the moichen return, the seichel returns to the person. The brain becomes fully active again. Ki hi hi Because as the Arizal explains, sleep, represents the moichen leaving, waking up from sleep is the moichen returning. And when the moichen return, then 
the, the brain can function properly and can do mishpat, can, like we saw by Shlomo HaMelech. There's activated the mishpat, which is dependent on Moichen and Chochmah. And the Zohar Kodesh tells us that this his this activation of mishpat, takes place at midnight. Because that's a time of mishpat, which is associated with waking up from sleep. As the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Wake up to justice. And this takes place especially at midnight. As the Pasuk says, at midnight, I awaken to praise you over your justice, over your literally mishpat. Because at midnight is when this mishpat is activated. As we see in the case of Mitzrayim, it says there, It was at midnight. That's when Hashem struck the final blow, the final punch, the tenth plague to defeat Egypt. And the Pasuk says there, and he did judgment against all of their idols. And so too by Avram Avinu, when there was first a world war, there was a battle between four kings and five kings. And the four kings defeated the five kings. They were that powerful. And then, and then, but they captured Lot in the process. And when Avram Avinu hears about this, he goes running to fight these four kings. And the Pasuk says there, the night split for them. Nighttime is a time of punishment for the other nations. Especially at midnight, that's when this judgment gets activated for Hashem to judge these other nations, to defeat and burn the evil, which are these other nations. And this is what the Zohar Kodesh speaks about when it says that what wakes up the rooster at night at Chatzois. A flame of fire that strikes the wings of the rooster, a spiritual flame of fire, at midnight, and that's what causes the rooster to crow. This fits beautifully with what we're learning here. This is that fire of mishpot, which gets activated at that time, which is an aspect of the gvura of Hashem, and we know that a rooster is also called shenikro gever, 
a rooster is called a gever. So the timeliness here is, is very, very important, very special. Question in the chat, how does this mishpat at chatzois work with the chut shel chesed? The answer is the chut shel chesed is in the morning. The Gemara says that a person who gets up at Chatzois and does the Avoida, learns and davens, then a Chut Shel Chesed will shine upon them throughout the day. And now Rav Zal clarifies. Paragraph Yudches, He kol odom bol olam azeh rak bishvil zeh, kedei levarer birurim, levarer nitzoytzei sakdoshim, meimke akliboshin of lusham, Every single one of us comes down to the world, and the term comes down to the world. The Arizal says that the vast majority of us are not here now for the first time. We've been here before, and some of us have been here many times before. We come down to this world in order to sort out these birurim in order to be able to distinguish between good and bad and to be able to extract the good from within the bad. To extract the holy sparks that have fallen into the domain of the sitrachra. How? As a result of Adam Arishan's sin or as a result of our own sins that we committed in previous reincarnations. That's why we have to come down again. There's a pasuk, the Arizal brings a pasuk, Torah Hashem Tamima Meshivas Nofesh. In order to complete Hashem's Torah, Meshivas Nofesh, our Nefesh returns, comes back to the world again and again in order to complete all the different parts of the Torah that we need to complete. And one major example of rescuing these holy sparks from the domain of the Klippos is when a non-Jew comes and converts, or when a Jew is chayzer b'tshuva. And therefore, it's not just that tzaddik Here's the point from Muslims I was making here. It's not just a tzaddik, it's not just <clears throat> a roish chabura, a leader of a group, but every single one of us has to guard ourselves and judge ourselves all the time. This mishpat, in order to activate that fire of mishpat, which the, the Ra and the Klippos, which are attached to and surround the holy sparks that this person needs to, to be misaking. So the Klippos shouldn't, the Ra that surrounds these holy sparks shouldn't attach itself to the person. And it's for this reason that we are all in tremendous danger in this world. And therefore, each and every one of us has to analyze ourselves a lot, every single day. 
and to think carefully, what can I do to come close to Hashem? Shezehu inyan ha-hezboiridus, v'asicho b'enoi l'ven koinoi, shezironu rabbeinu b'spomim rabbeinu, shezironu rabbeinu z'alzeh pomim e'nuspor, v'kamufa kama pomim e'nuspor v'akdoishin. And Rabbeinu Zal writes here, this is another reason why Hispoidus is so important. Hispoidus means a person spending time alone with themselves, speaking to Hashem. And, and speaking to Hashem, one of the major things we're speaking to Hashem about is this audit, this audit, uh, expressing my regrets for the mistakes that I've made, for the things that I've done wrong, and pleading with Hashem to help me do a real tshuva. Because based on the incredible danger that every single one of us is facing in this world, from the smallest ones to the greatest ones, as a result of the evil that's attached to all the holy sparks, which we must work on. We must work on getting rid of the Ra and bringing out the Toiv. Because even the lowest member of Kla Yisrael, that person also is involved in this process of rescuing holy sparks. And because of the fact that these holy sparks that he needs to rescue are mixed in with all of this evil, therefore it's extremely dangerous because the klipos, the ra, can attach themselves, can grab onto a person who's trying to rescue these holy sparks. Reminds me, I remember as a kid taking a, a lifeguard course and they teach you about how to rescue a person who's drowning. When you go to rescue them, you have to be extremely, extremely careful. There are many cases, you hear this unfortunately in the news many times, somebody falls into the water, a child, a parent goes in to rescue them and both of them drown. How does that happen? And they explain that when a person is drowning, they're desperate. They just want to grab onto anything they can grab onto to save themselves. When this person is coming to rescue them, they're going to try to grab onto that person in whatever way they can. And if they grab onto you the wrong way, they'll, they'll both of you will drown. Therefore, you have to know how to get behind the person and grab them from behind in a way that they can't grab onto you with your hand, to grab them around the neck and, and in a way of being able to bring about the rescue. Lahavdil, here we're being shown, the Gemara says, you can learn a lot of things about heaven from what you see going on on earth here also. When a person is involved in trying to rescue the holy sparks, which are found in the domain of the Sitrachra, the Sitrachra isn't sleeping. It sees this going on and the Sitrachra wants to pounce and attach itself to the person who's trying to do this in order to bring them down also. And this is why our rabbis say towards the end of Mesech, the Sukkah, 
Bechol Yoim Yitzroy Shalodom is Gabarilov. Every single day, the Sahara is fighting us and trying to, to, to defeat us. And without divine assistance, we cannot possibly win. There's no chance of, of winning, of success. And therefore, Rav Nosanzal says, this isn't an issue of how smart you are or how shrewd you are, and that that's going to save you, that's going to protect you. The only way that a person can be protected, can be able to be successful in this, is through a lot of personal prayer. And again, one aspect of his spiritus is this mishpat. Where the person is auditing themselves, they're judging themselves. To speak personally and privately with Hashem. And for the person to judge themselves over everything they're doing, to tell Hashem everything I'm doing, and in the process, try to figure out and ask Hashem to guide me. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And whatever I'm doing wrong, to be able to correct it in thought, in speech, in action, in my relationships with people, in my relationship with Hashem. And a person has to punish themselves and rebuke themselves every single day, meaning in, in the Hispanitas, a person, part of it is a person beating themselves up and, and recognizing the mistakes that I've made and being, being not, not, no denial, being upfront, being honest with Hashem and honest with myself. And if I made a mistake, to feel ashamed and embarrassed for the mistake that I made. In order to activate this fire of Mishpat, in order to defeat and burn away the ra, the negativity, that it shouldn't attach itself to the person's heart. We'll hold it over here for now, even though we're in the middle of a paragraph. I don't want to rush through this. Every word here is extremely important and special. We should be part of the Heichal HaKodesh, that the Tzadikim are, are building and, and thereby trying to bring back the Beis Hamikdash and, and restore Yerushalayim to its true glory. to the Amen any questions? Amen, amen. Thank you, Rev. Sure. Any questions? Question in the chat. How is a person's Yetzirah related to the process of Birurim? Birur means separating good from bad. We're talking here about going into the domain of the Sidrachra. These holy sparks have fallen into the possession of the Sitrachra. The Sitrachra means Yetzirah. There's my personal Yetzirah, and there's the Yetzirah of the Jewish nation, and there's the Yetzirah of the world. It's all one gang. It's one company. And, and in dealing with this, a person has to, Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in chapter 33 in Likud Imran. Rabbi Nezal says there that there's good and bad. 
And when most of, and when there's good and bad, very often the bad covers up the good so that you're not able to see the good that's inside there. Because if you saw the good, you might want to rescue it. So the, the bad covers up the good, hiding it. And Rabbi Nezal says, and therefore an, a regular person <coughs> sees it, they see bad. A tzaddik sees the bad, and he knows that there's good inside there. There's holy sparks there that have fallen into the domain of the bad. And because this tzaddik has worked on himself to get rid of his own bad, because this tzaddik has fought his Yetzirah and continues to fight his Yetzirah and to defeat the Yetzirah inside of him, when such a tzaddik encounters any, any of this evil, any of this ra, the ra collapses in front of him. The ra disappears because this tzaddik has defeated his own ra. When he comes into contact with ra, the ra runs away. And the good that was there is revealed. Those holy sparks are revealed, and the tzaddik can integrate those holy sparks into the Kedusha. Not only are they revealed, but Rabbi Nezal shows they're quoting the Zohar Kodesh, that when you strip away the Ra from the Toiv, when the Toiv was covered up with Ra, Hashem made sure that that Toiv should be on a low wattage, five watts. Why? so that the Ra shouldn't be drawing powerful energy from that toiv. So Hashem lowers the voltage, he lowers the wattage on that toiv. When the Ra falls away, when the tzaddik encounters this and gets rid of that Ra, now the toiv has been, has been uncovered, a major beam, the voltage is increased. The voltage and wattage of that toiv is increased. Rabbi Nezal explains this beautifully in chapter 33 in the Kutimah. Wishing everybody a good Shabbos, good Shabbos and a good Chodesh. This Shabbos is Shabbos Mavorchim of Elul, the final month of the year. Shabbos and, and the week and, and Elul should be very special to all of us. It's a show.